Hi, I'm JD. This is ChimeraCast, a production of the Chimera Collective. If you enjoy our podcast, please consider leaving us a review on your favorite podcatcher. We also have merch available and just launched our Patreon. For backing, you'll gain access to our Discord and the ability to vote on upcoming seasides. You can also get an RSS feed for an unabridged tableside version of the podcast, which includes all our banter, rules discussions, and session debriefs. We'll also have game readings and occasional exclusive seasides in that feed. Links to the details and our social media are in the show notes. Hi, I'm Zach. I'm playing Melio Moretti, the bard. Hi, I'm Ryan. I'm playing Urazidi, the spellblade. Hi, I'm Nathan. I'm playing Lug, the barbarian. I'm JD. I'm your dungeon master for this game. This is ChimeraCast, a Dungeon World actual play podcast. Where we last left off, the three of you had fought the skeletal dwarven inquisitor in the Cyclopolis, and as you destroyed the columned structure that the torture chamber was like built on top of, Uruzidi, you had dove forth to save Melio from being crushed by columns as Melio stopped the blood ritual from completing itself. But because you did not have two hold for your sword magic, you did not get to choose the location that it transported you to, right? Correct. So, the white-hot sun beats overhead. The two of you, Rizidi and Melio, are standing on some stairs, surrounded by columns that are covered in gold, fine metals, decorated over every inch, shining brightly, reflecting this sun. Brightly colored tapestries hang on these columns. Stretched out around you are some buildings, likewise also decorated in bright metals, some jewels. The walls that you see outstretched, standing high. Before you, a structure is being built by what appear to be workers of every species. Elves, dwarves, humans, intermixed are goatmen centaurs and at first you are caught up as your vision adjusts to this bright light after being in the haze for so long your hearing begins to kick in and you hear the grunting of workers as they pull stones along the roads to either side of you and the screams of people being tortured on the platform behind you a fully fleshed dwarven inquisitor wearing a black hood working on a body on a table the workers ahead of you Dragging these stones up to form steps, building a ziggurat. The two of you are in the past. I thought it was going to be much worse. I thought you took us home. Oh, to Luko? No, I thought we were at the feet of the emperor. His dad, oh, the, the emperor. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I thought like, this might would have been. I, that yeah, first. I was like, fuck. No, we are I, so <laughs> fucked. And it's like, oh, the past. All right, we can deal with this. This is whoo. We're in the past. 
I'm disoriented. You see a platform being carried by numerous people on which sit two cyclopes dressed in fine garments. I have a question that I don't know has ever really been effectively answered on the podcast. I don't perhaps remember if it has been. How much bigger than people are cyclopes? Because like in Nathan's game, there was clearly other things going on with the cyclopses that we saw. Yeah, I think we established kind of in Nathan's game that they have different shapes and sizes, right? These cyclopes are humanoid. If they were standing before you, I mean, they're probably twice the height of a man, maybe a little more. Not as large as giants are, which you see some of as well, lifting huge stones up onto these ziggurats. But yes, these ones are humanoid. Cool. At this point, no one's really taken notice of you because you've kind of just materialized here, right? Are you okay? We need to get up. As you say that, I just puke up a bunch of blood. Wipe my mouth. No, I'm not okay. I think we should probably get moving. Arazidi's like looking around to see if anybody's noticed his companion just puking up blood all over the place. There is such a cacophony of screaming and whimpering and whips slapping behind you on this platform that no one has taken notice yet. You do see some guards wearing black armor posted around on the road and such. Where the hell are we? Uh, I didn't exactly get to choose the location that we went to. If I had a guess, and Urzi points to the uh, Inquisitor, that's our friend from before. What do you mean from before? That's the skeleton we were just fighting, but when he was more alive. We need to get going. Are you telling me we're stuck in the past? Urzidi rolls his eyes. We're not stuck here. I just need some time to rest. Alright, let's go. Yeah, I think Urzidi kind of leads the way. Because we're up on this, like, platform thing, right? Yeah, yeah. There's stairs on um, the two sides. One leading back out the gate past the moat, right? And the other one leads toward the ziggurat. On the other two sides are bridges across from here to other parts of the city. Yeah, I, I think I'm leading towards this ziggurat construction, right? Thinking that, like, if I can teleport us back, potentially, if I'm closer to where we need to go, we'll, like, arrive closer to our destination, right? Yeah, so how are you guys doing that? You're just walking down the road over to it? Do we look alien to what's going on around us? I assume we're incredibly, like, beat to shit and dirty and yeah, probably stick out. But, yeah, I was going to say, that doesn't seem like it would make us totally stick out. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, the people here are pretty worn down. The fact that the two of you have weapons and are wearing nicer clothing than anybody else, that makes you stick out more so than being dirty. Yeah. Bloody is another thing, but there's lots of blood around also, right? Yeah. The ink cloak is probably ostentatious enough. Yeah, I mean, the two of you have magical garments and such, so you do stick yeah. out in that way. It's true. Can you make us look different, blend in? No one ever told a great story about someone trying to hide. I don't have any of those. Are you kidding me? Great stories are full of people trying to hide. Sneaking into the dragon's lair, sneaking out of an evil castle, disguising themselves as women, peasants. There's plenty of great stories where that happens. There are plenty of stories where that happens. Are there any of these guards who are, like, in a pair marching around? They aren't so much marching around as, like, posted up. But, yeah, I mean, you can probably find a spot where two of them are standing next to each other. Like, isolated? Isolated, not so much. Okay. We need to find a place to lay low. 
Does it seem like there is a class above or in between the ruling class and the servants, the slaves? In the sense of like, is there a place where we could attempt to rub elbows and blend in with people closer to our station? Or is this totally like you're either in it or you're a slave? Other than the guards, not from what you can see from here. Mm-hmm. You can't see inside of all of these like structures that are spread across this place. Well, I think you kind of gave us insight into what we maybe need to do. So I think we start trying to approach what in our estimation would be like a inn or a place of good social nature. <laughs> if you're looking around that way, trying to get your bearings or whatever in this fully functioning city. Yeah. Yeah. Just give me a different realities. Let's see how this goes. Cool. Uh, I will mark experience as that is a four. Oh my god! My wisdom's poop. Oh, you rolled a four on your discern realities. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. I sucked eggs at discern realities. Melio, you feel the hair on the back of your neck stand on end, and this kind of icy chill runs all through your veins. You look around to see the source of it, maybe feeling like you know someone's casting a spell or something. You look over, and the eye of Sicknil Kabor is staring at you. It burns in your mind like you're looking at the sun. Is this happening over, like, a great distance? Yes. Oh, okay. Sicknil Kabor is still sitting on that platform being carried by slaves closer to the ziggurat. What do you do? Urzidi. What? He's looking at me. Rizidi, as you look over, it will likewise. It blots out the brightness of the sun, even, compared to this eye staring at you from underneath its golden headdress. Oh, this is very bad, I think. Run. That was going by, like, gut instinct, too, of where the scene was going. Like, let's just get the fuck out of Dodge. Yeah, we're just booking. Yeah. Yeah, where are you two running? Away? Away and into thick crowds <laughs> and or peopled places. Yeah. Okay. You guys start running away. I think it's more of a matter of even whether Signal Kabor is going to act at this point mm. as much as it is you two just fleeing. Mm. Yeah, whoever is leading the charge will get a roll from. So what do you want us to roll? Who's rolling? Yeah, who's who's taking off first? Who's picking where you're going? I'll put it that way. Probably Urizidi, right? I like think Melio says yeah, yeah. run and I think I don't need to be told twice in this situation. Yeah. Take an order from my retainer when it's a wise order. <laughs> what an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a defy danger plus... What do you guys think? Finding a good place to escape or get out of here. Wisdom or intelligence, probably? Wisdom makes sense to me. Wisdom makes sense to me. Yeah. Not the quick thinking of intelligence. I'm caught up in the middle of them, too. I want to hear what Ryan thinks. I know, I know intelligence yeah. is better for you, but... <laughs> intelligence is better for me. Wait, intelligence is better for you or for wisdom? Intelligence is... Intelligence, intelligence is... I got a plus three in intelligence. Ruling with a greater potential for failure is much more interesting in this situation. Yeah. Right? All right. It seems... Yeah, the consensus seems to be wisdom. I'm cool with that. So yeah, go ahead and give me a Defy Danger plus wisdom. That's still an eight. Look at that. Roll hey. the nine. Minus one. It's an eight. So the two of you, I think, run off. You see, run across these stairs and down back into the thrall of people building this city. And at that, we're going to star wipe back 
Back to the Future. <laughs> <laughs> it was bound to happen. Look, <laughs> you had run off from this platform while the columns were collapsing in order to save yourself. So they have now all been brought down. Maybe only one or two are still standing up on the top of this platform. The rest have collapsed in and broken. One of them maybe crashing down the stairs and breaking across it. But you're still left in the grim haze of the vulture lands when your companions went back in the past. So you're by yourself, although you may not know it yet. You may think that your traveling companions, as it were, are buried underneath that rubble. But what do you do? Sympathy is for the, you know, like... <laughs> what I was literally yeah, like... It's like you're not digging through the ruins oh, to see absolutely. if we're alive. <laughs> Dear listener, uh, JD asked me at the beginning if I wanted to be with the rest of the party, as it were. And I said no, because I could not really imagine a good situation for us to get traveled to that Lug would be there and it would be a good thing. And look at where they ended up. That would be terrible. I'd, I'd be, I would be running at Signal War, you know. So, no, I'm absolutely not going to be digging through rubble. Oh, JD, the outsider move. Oh, thank you for reminding me. It's very easy to forget. Yeah, I had earmarked it when I sat down, and then, you know, you started narrating the whole, and I forgot all about it. But here we are. That's such a good move. It's probably the best move on the Barbarian character sheet. That's sort of the whole thing. Yeah, as long as you can remember to do it. Trying to think of something good related to the situation. If you guys have any suggestions, feel free to throw them out there. I do not. What about something like what was the order that Lug was given before he was sent to this plane? Is Pythia just like sending these creatures with no plan? That's a good question. My question was the idea of what do Pythians think of other cultures that war against death? Do they see them as allies or do they see them as nuisances or do they see them as like potential like good threats that they don't have to take care of? It's pretty interesting. That is an interesting question. It does certainly suggest that Lug is specifically here for a non-trivial reason. Yeah, it could draw you in. Just trying to give you a little bit more juice to work off of. I did have a question that I'll probably just save for next time because I think I can use it anytime. But I think Zach's lead is a good one, which also I think kind of ties into Ryan's. Look, so you're one of these infiltrators. I'm trying to do this without making it a leading question. I want to have it open-ended, I guess. Leading a little bit doesn't hurt anything. For what purpose was Pythia interested in the first immortal Sicknil Kabor, the Cyclops? Does that follow? It does. As is pretty well established, though if you're new to this, I don't think it's entirely apparent, Pythia is more or less waging a war on death, where Pythian magic uses the transmission of souls and death and gold, so too does death. And therefore, somebody, a being, who has managed to sidestep death's embrace, could have technology or approaches, magics, that could be useful in a war like this. And so it's no coincidence that Lug finds himself in the Vulture Lands. This was the direction I was pointed in. That was why I directed Kimmin to come here. I like it. Yeah, so you're here to steal technology of an immortal. That's cool. So in that sense, it's almost like Pythia does not see this Cyclops and their work as an ally, but rather as a... Potential means to an end. Yeah, it's almost like you're like doing corporate espionage, it seems like, kind of. Yeah, it's, he's like a Nazi scientist for Pythia. Yeah. <laughs> Sick. Yes. 
In this case, America is Pythia. Or- I was going to say, I am I am Operation Paperclip, and I want to take this guy. <laughs> to build your space program. Yeah, no, yeah. But yeah, yes, quite literally. And in a few years, Pythians will be high-fiving space. It's going to be great. That's not good. We have discussed, I mean, I like, I, I still stick with this idea that Pythia is not a, like, plane in the way that death is or whatever, but that it is physically another planet. So the idea that they're like, Pythians are trying to get to space is not good. We have kind of established the warlords of Pythia are basically just tech billionaires. Yeah. Lug, you are standing at the bottom of these stairs by yourself. What do you do? I wait for a moment to see if there's any movement. There isn't, unless I'm misreading something. There is not. Maybe one of these, like, fragments of a skeleton reaching out for something to to flagellate with, but nothing else. (sighs) Weak. Weak. Your friends left you, so. (laughs) That sucks for you. (sighs) This head on a stick speaking to you from on the side of the road. I think we're at 134, is that right? Uh, I mean, the name hasn't changed. There's still 138 heads on a stick, but you're probably right. All right. Where is it? Where's what? The immortal. Well, I can't tell you that. I'm here to protect it. Keep an eye out. <laughs> Are his eyes stitched shut? Let's say that this one's missing an eye. Yeah, there we go. Well, then you're no use. Don't bother me. And I walk down the path a little ways. I assume there's another head just around the corner. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, see, that's kind of the thing is I'm all over the place. You're going to have to leave if you want me to leave you alone. <sighs> This one has a big hole in the side of its head. Brain missing. Tell me where the immortal is, and I'll leave. Well, obviously I'm not going to tell you, but, you know, it's pretty obvious how this city's built out, huh? Mm. Like, I don't know, maybe maybe it's in the big temple. Uh, I didn't say that. I assume the path I'm walking toward is heading toward the big temple, relatively speaking. Yeah, there are these two roads that cut up from the gate past the platform, they lead to the ziggurat. There's a straight shot. Okay. Well, thank you. No, 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 no. I didn't tell you. You figured that out on your own. Yes. Okay, good. Just, just don't tell anybody. Start making my way down the path toward the ziggurat. I mean, it doesn't really matter anyway. What is this one missing? <laughs> this one's just like missing the whole front of its face. So it's just bone tongue like lolling out. It's not like there aren't other things to protect it and kill you. Well, like what? No. I, no. You're not getting anything out of me. My lips are stitched shut. Walk a little bit farther. Mm-hmm. This one's lips are stitched shut. Ah, uh, I see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine making my way toward the ziggurat. If you want to cut back to the guys, that's probably fine. Give me a little bit of thing. Sure. The two of you have run making your way in one direction underneath this bridge that leads off of the platform, right? Every once in a while, as you're running underneath this, a pool of blood spills over the edge of the bridge, spattering on the stones of the road. But the two of you come to a roofed structure that this bridge leads to. A kind of large archway on this side leads into it. If you duck in, you'll at least be out of sight of the road, but who knows what's in there. There are some relief carvings of figures in ecstasy on the outside of this building. We're going in, right, ZD? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Oh, yeah, we're going in, headlong. So the two of you run inside. On the ceiling is a tiled mosaic. 
Again, depicting people in various life-affirming activities, <laughs> we'll say. Depicting people eating, drinking, fucking. What about it? This is for both of you. What detail do you catch that is disturbing or lets you know that this isn't such a bacchanalian display as it appears? Oh, when you look at this tiled mosaic, occasionally... And the longer you look at it, the like more frequently you start to see it. The like facial expressions of ecstasy turn into horror and agony. So it's like as your gaze slides across, at first it's like, oh yeah, sweet. And then it's like, oh no, terrible. But like nothing about it changes. It's just like the way you perceive the carvings and the mosaics is like being influenced. I love it. For all of them, the focus of the mosaic is on the people in ecstasy, but with a finer tooth comb, you see that there's always an audience cloaked in darkness in the background watching everything happening. Nathan, do you have one? You can do this as a meta. Oh. I don't see a reason not to involve you in painting the scene. I wasn't prepared for this, but I'm happy to. Um... At first, this ostensible Bacchanalia is vibrantly colored, and then it slowly, as you walk down the hall, realize that the, the color is becoming desaturated and darker. And then at the final end of the hall, they're actually the colors are actually in relief. Rather, the colors invert. So the, it becomes darker and darker, and then the acts are depicted in white tile on black background. The two of you emerge from underneath this mural and find yourself at what looks like a banquet hall, a big feasting table. Laying out are fine foods, very rich, fatty, sugary, expensive, right? Things that I think, Emilio, you have maybe only had a few times in your life when hosted by the wealthy. Rosidi, you've had probably some of these things, but it wouldn't be a regular night. It would have been a big feast tonight. These kind of things would have been given to you, right? In the court of the Shah. Gotcha. There are people sitting um, of, again, every species, including non-humanoid species, non-elves, dwarves, and humans. They are gaunt and sickly. There don't appear to be any guards or anything in here. None of the soldiers wearing black armor, or at least from what you're noticing right now. What do the two of you do? You said they're gaunt and sickly. Does the room still alive with chatter and things like that? Or do we just walk into kind of this like stilted air? Like Stilted air, there is more like the occasional muttering or moaning. Does anybody do anything when we walk in here? A couple of them might lift their head up to notice you, but they don't act at this point. None of them are eating or anything. So this meal is just like sitting? Yep. There are some flies buzzing around. None of it is rotted or anything like that. Urziti starts walking up to the table. Do I get a feeling that any of this like is somehow like a ritual? Is it some magic going on here? How are you trying to feel that out? I think I'm looking for, like, telltale signs of ritual, like, specific runes or, like, things that should be there. What's written on the walls? Are the chairs carved with anything? That kind of stuff. Cool. Give me a discern realities. Uh, That's a nine again, so eight total. You have one question. What here is not what it appears to be? So you're asking what here is not what it appears to be? Yeah. 
you're aiming for whether this is a ritual or not, right? Yeah, that's sort of like if there's something on a magical on a grander right. scale. Especially just because the room is so strange. Mm-hmm. At the very least, something ain't right here. There's a contrast to what we saw. I guess we saw deeper elements of it, but we saw the, you know these Bacchus-like murals. Yeah, this is for a ritual purpose. I think what you see is these people all sitting here have golden jewelry draped across them, and this jewelry all has rune markings on it. It's not clear at this point like what the purpose of that is, but there's a definite magical component to what is happening here. Is that good enough for your DR? Yeah. Okay. Emilio, I would suggest not eating the food. Wasn't planning on it. You see anywhere we can try and get you some rest? Perhaps we can find an alcove to hide in. I'm going to start looking around the room to see if this is connected to like quarters anywhere that maybe we can try and hole up. Yeah, how about you give me a DR for that? Aren't we the minus one wisdom boys? Yep. Uh, I have zero, thank you very much. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, the wise one got taken over by a fucking demon, so... Ha! Ten. There you go. What here is useful or valuable to me? Sure. There is... Past this banquet table, there are some stairs that lead upward. When you head up there... I'm scooching this along because it's the only way that follows, but it's what you guys are looking for. Yeah, totally. Up there is where the bridge connects to from the platform. It is a place where people are tending to their wounds. So up here are all sorts of healing things. Mm. Like beds and things of this nature and healing implements. Bandages and surgical tools and potions. Yeah, totally. Cool. I mean, that's fucking awesome. Yeah, I mean, you see people coming in with their flayed open backs coming from the Mm. bridge and healing themselves up. Up here in the medical area, uh, what should I be on the lookout for? While these people have, you know, other things on their mind, you're still going to stick out up here. Mm. And so this isn't really a safe place. I'll put it that way. Mm. Mm. These people may still, at the very least, draw attention to you, to your presence there, but may themselves attempt something. I think in that case, who's really in control? As between that or... I'll give you the two. It's what is about to happen was the other one. If there, if one of them jumps out to you a little bit more... I'm teasing this a little bit, but I think I can get there with that question anyway. So the obvious answer is Sukno Kabor, right? Mm-hmm. But importantly to this particular situation, these people are not ensorcelled and they're not being forced to do this by guards or anything like that. The people here are zealots. Mm. They worship Signal Kabor, and their suffering is worship. They are healing themselves so that they can go back and whip themselves later. You see them as they think they're repairing their flesh, the scars of this happening again and again and again. Mm. I think I march over to one of the stations where some of the healing supplies are. Wraps, sutures, things of this nature. I don't know. It's Bronze Age healing. I'm going to just start trying to fucking fix myself here. Like, I'm fucked up. I took a couple of bad blows. I've ingested some bad shit. So if they got, like, you know, Bronze Age Advil, I'm taking it. (laughs) (laughs) So if you're grabbing medical things, you're basically going to just get the equivalent of poultices and herbs for yourself. Cool. Yeah. Which is some amount of HP. Seven and slow. Seven and slow, yeah. Yeah, so it just takes time. So if I get kicked in the face right now, it's not going to apply. Right. Ruzidi, what are you doing? Your friend is going over to the medical station, as it were. I mean, there are multiple of these kind of spots. You said 
that there are potions, right? There's like a table with some potions. I did. Yeah. Is it guarded? No. Once it looks like Emilio's about done, I'm going to walk over and just start stuffing my pouch full of potions. <laughs> okay. Are you taking one or are you just putting them in your bag? Like if I look at it, like I think Urzidi holds one up to the light. Does it look like what he might consider a healing potion? Or is it marked at all? Because I can read Cyclopes now. Right. There's going to be something that uh, maybe you don't recognize, but I think it makes sense that they would be marked somehow, right? Oh, yeah. I'm going to pound one then. Cool. Give me a roll plus constitution. See how you choke this fucker down. That is an eight. Ryan, go ahead and give yourself full health. Lucky. But what's the other shoe that's going to drop? Your wounds rapidly stitch themselves together with scar tissue, and you are brought to your knees in pain as your body stretches beyond its physical capabilities to repair itself. Blinding, agonizing pain. You are crying. Uh, 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 Emilio, are you about ready to go? Are you okay? I, w- I will be. Do you want me to mark any, like, debilities or anything? I was going to say, should you take weak or shaky? Or? Oh, that's actually interesting. I wasn't too worried about it, but that makes sense to me. I think so. Shaky. Let's see. Shaky's dex. Con is sick. Weak probably makes the most sense, I guess. Okay. Yeah, I think weak makes the most sense. Your body just, like, basically hit the overdrive button. Right. And didn't have enough resources to fill what it needed to do. That's why it feels like you're, like... Yeah. You know, in magic land. It's like it's pulling from its natural resource nearby, so, like, your body's just healing with the muscle tissue. I kind of like that idea, that it just rips from itself. Yeah, I mean, it's leaving scars the way that really, really horrible wounds do, where, like, it's still a dent in your body. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like the big, ropey, thick scars. Yeah, like if you get bitten by a shark and you survive it, like that kind of shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Emilio, I need you to hit me. (sighs) As the two of you are like standing there and having both taken medical supplies or whatever, and Uruzidi stuffing some of these in your bag, Emilio, did you grab more poultices and herbs? Yeah, let's say I grabbed some extra. Okay, you can have three uses of poultices and herbs. You can have three healing potions. Oh, Fuck yeah. Oh, sorry, you should say three ancient healing potions. Painful, comma, bitter. Yeah, they got some tags. Oh yeah, what does this ancient healing potion taste like before you are wrecked by your body healing itself, Uruzidi? This is always a fun question. <laughs> it does not taste like cinnamon, which is our traditional... Yeah, no, I... Uh... Oh, man. So, Urizidi wouldn't have this as a, a reference point. And this is going to be a thing that either our audience members will know exactly what I'm talking about or have no idea. It'll be a very divisive thing to compare it to, but it's it's like drinking a uh, juice spit, you know? It's that, like, Ugh. Oh, no. slick, watery, horrible tasting. It's not a pleasant thing to drink. Yeah, that's why you spit it out. I know. I'm not well aware of what you're supposed to do with it. I don't like this, Ryan. Do you drink this shit on a bet? <laughs> what? It was just somebody was spitting into a fucking Bud Light can <laughs> next to where Ryan said his drink. Yeah. Gross. That's perfect. Yes, as the two of you gather these supplies up and Urizidi, you hit the ground on one knee. Some of these pain zealots, masochists really, they are noticing you. And though shakily, one of them is beginning to approach you. A scalpel in hand. It's not really a scalpel, whatever. An obsidian knife is what it would be. You just told me to hit you, Urizidi? Yeah. No problem. 
and I just cold cock him right in the jaw. So yeah, I'm gonna try to use my sword magic. Yeah, go ahead and roll it for me. I love that most people would be like, it's a stance I take, and for you it has to be like, no, physical violence must actually be involved. That is a 10. There you go. So yeah, I have three hold, and Urzidi reaches a shaking hand out and grabs the inky hem of Milio's cloak. And I'm gonna dump two hold to transport back. Back where? To the future! Yeah, and uh, like back to probably that big plinth where we had the fight with the interrogator or whatever, the Inquisitor. I'm not going to give you that. Mm. Because while I think you can choose your location normally, I think it makes more sense when this is a massive use of your power to just travel through time rather than also changing location. And also because it'll be more dramatic. Is that okay? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. The two of you travel back through time channeling the magic of this glaive and arrive back in the dismal gray present still in the hospital whatever you want to call it of this city the bandages and herbs that would have been for healing are long rotted away there's still a table of potions some of which are still there but they have separated there are however skeletons of these zealots and as you reappear here, they turn their empty eye sockets towards you. Lug. Camera on Lug's finely toned ass. I forgot that you were naked. <laughs> yeah. Gotta be reminded. You've had a minute, I think, and as you're, you're walking along. I know what you are, you know. Oh, Lug stops walking when he hears that. You think you're the first creature that they've sent here? Ha! More have come. All have died. You know what that means when you die here, right? No, I don't. There's no peace here. You'll serve the immortal forever. Like me. <laughs> you lie. Oh, I can't lie. It's part of the magic. I'm kidding. That was a lie. <sighs> I'm not lying about the service thing. Your soul will be forced into labor. No, it won't. Oh, it will. Nathan, what's the name of a Pythian that was sent here before Lug? Whether Lug knows about it or not. How about Ersk? I know Ersk is still around somewhere. Where? Oh, beyond my jurisdiction. Do you know the technology? Nah, I'm not going to use that word. I mean, you could. Pythia has a very different attitude, I think, towards magic and such. Yeah, okay. I mean, I picture them more as the, like, A, they're a lot more medieval in terms of architecture and such. I think we've kind of put on display. But also, yeah, I don't know if magic works the same way there, per se. Like, I, I like technology being a thing. Like, a little more of the magitech science fantasy kind of shit is cool. That's mostly how they've been portrayed as well. They're a space planet. Yeah. Fuck yeah, they are. <laughs> By what technology does your immortal bind one of us? The immortal has domain over this place your powers are nothing here it's easy when i finish my work here i will understand how easy it is <laughs> you're hoping to master the immortal's powers it will rip you apart we'll see you're foolish and weak and you're going to die here and serve forever i'm gonna grab this what about this 138th head <laughs> is different? This one's top of the head is shorn off. 
and the empty bowl of a skull top head has filled with black water. Ew. I'm going to pull this head off of the stick. Hey! Hey! Throw it on the ground and just step on it. I think the jaw and the mouth are still intact, though you've crushed the skull. You know, that doesn't hurt, right? I can't feel pain. A pity. Make my way toward the ziggurat. Hey, fuck you. (laughs) Not very action-oriented, but I love these comic panels, for the record. (laughs) Yeah. I'd fucking read the shit out of any comic book that pitched me. They're like, big naked barbarian guy talks to heads on spikes. And (laughs) just being able to put that kind of art into the world is why I do this. (laughs) (laughs) Before we cut back over to the other two, Lug, on your approach to the ziggurat, you come to a pit. Just before the ziggurat sets a triangular pit, the wide side toward the ziggurat. So you're by the point. Does that make sense? Yes. This pit is full of gore, flesh and blood, broken bones, all rotted and mashed into some awful pulp. It buzzes with insects. And crawling along down in the pit, you see a few of these pale, gaunt creatures that I don't believe Lug has encountered, though the party has in the past. These ghouls eating this rotted flesh, gorging themselves, but it seems never-ending. Already, this mass, this pile of gore, as I described, is maybe a good 10-20 feet from the surface of the pit, but it appears to continue on downward for who knows how long you cannot see. Melio and Urzidi. These skeletons are looking at the two of you, and one of them from the table grabs an obsidian knife. A few of them grasp various torture implements and begin approaching the two of you. It is almost as if they have not stopped looking at you in those same positions as they were in the past. Don't put us in Satan's ass. You're in Thanos' ass, actually. Fuck. Ant-Man's there. He's pissed. I feel like Thanos at least uses a bidet, probably. He seems cultured. (laughs) (laughs) He's seen a lot of culture. He must have stolen a bidet. I mean, if I was an intergalactic colonizer, I'd steal a bidet from somebody. The problem is Thanos only wipes one half of his butt cheek every time, so... (laughs) Balance is everything. everything. I'm a little dirty and a little clean. (laughs) He just snaps his fingers and half the poop disappears. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. It's a real kind of shitty use of the reality stone there, Mr. Thanos. (laughs) You could do all the poop. (laughs) 
No. <laughs> no. Balanced as all things are. <laughs> uh, That's what you get from Hungover Ryan. Dumb poop jokes. <laughs> the brow starts getting real low. <laughs> yeah, I was like, fuck. No, we are I so fucked. <laughs> and it's like, oh, the pass. All right, we can deal with this. This is, whoo. You see, Emilio, <laughs> Emilio picks up a block, like, from the side of the road. He's like, oh, I thought this was going to be terrible. <laughs> what? A lifetime of slavery? Sounds good. <laughs> yeah. Well, the shower would have done much worse. Sure, glad my life has purpose. <laughs> I'm building this here ziggurat. I'm voting Republican. I work for Mr. Sigmore Gabil. <laughs> Or Sigmil Gabor. <laughs> Sigmore, no, it's definitely the country folk call him Sigmore Gabil. <laughs> Sigmore Gabil. Uh, well, I'm going to build this ziggurat. Uh, terrible Bill Clinton. It's not much, but it's an honest living. It's a fucking rainbow song right there. Going to need you guys to build me a ziggurat for the economy. <laughs> Look at all the people it's employing. <laughs> That's a term, employment. Sometimes synonymous with slavery. Would have been a lot sicker if, like, when we set up socialist work programs in the future to provide jobs for people, which I don't believe in. It's an outdated form of socialism. But if we did, building ziggurats is at the top of my list. <laughs> Public housing ziggurats. <laughs> Fuck yes. You get to live. Inside of this? I have in ziggurat number four. <laughs> this sounds like a fucking 70s, like shitty exploitation movie <laughs> yeah communist ziggurat you will find yourself communist ziggurat this fall you will be scared out of your mind working for a purpose building a ziggurat with your friends bing 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 do you think the elevator's broken <laughs> we'll just take the stairs <laughs> <laughs> but hey if we get in a fight I can just pop us out of here sooner so just call me Morty now. <laughs> Sorry. All right, I'm done. What? It's a bad Emilio, we're stuck right? in the past. We gotta, we gotta escape these cyclopses. We got, we, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta get out of here, Emilio. We gotta use some, some, some magical powers, Emilio. We gotta, <laughs> gonna use my sword magic. My spell blade's on a portal juice, Emilio. We gotta, we gotta recharge the spell, the sword blade. Yeah, put him in your ass. Put him in your ass, Emilio. <laughs> I'm gonna have to shove this spear way up in your ass, Morty. <laughs> uh, okay. Is that gonna charge the spell? Nope, nope. It's just something I need to do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Doc Zidi. <laughs> Maybe one of these like fragments of a skeleton reaching out for something to, f to flagellate with, but nothing else. Aren't we all just skeletons looking for something to flagellate with? <laughs> Despite all my. Rageful, flagged. I don't know. I can't do it. Despite all my rage, I'm still just a rib cage. <laughs> <laughs> you all disappoint me. Uh, really? Yeah. Even you. But the world is a vampire, Zach. <laughs> no, I hate you so much. Man, I remember. I remember being in fucking like elementary school and waiting for the bus. My friend. Pull out his sister's fucking melancholy and infinite sadness, and it's still like the world is a vampire. It works me. It shouldn't. Yep. It's garbage. <laughs> yeah, but elementary no. school me was no, like, it's... whoa. Yeah, I mean, yes. <laughs> anyway, that let's is... go on your trampoline. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the earliest songs I remember listening to as a as a like three to four year old child. <laughs>
My friends were all weird out kids, so yeah. Oh yeah, your friends suck. Yeah, <laughs> me too, baby. I remember when I heard Albuquerque the first time. I thought that song was so fucking funny. That's pretty good. So this is another this is another garbage axis we can divide our podcast on is um weird the the weird <laughs> owl to smashing pumpkins <laughs> divide. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> weird Al was lame, and I knew he was lame the first. Weird time. Al's a fucking genius. Shut your I mouth. Would, yeah. I, I would say that Weird Al's wow. a lot cooler than smashing pumpkins. Actually, <laughs> I, would I would agree. With I would this. much rather kick it with Weird Al than uh, oh, well, Billy oh, Corgan. Okay, hang on, like that. No. And listen to his music. No one's no one's going to going to come across as like, oh yeah, Billy Corgan, great guy. <laughs> <laughs> I feel no. like that's his business card. <laughs> Billy Corgan, hey, great what's guy. Up? I'm Billy Corgan. I'm a great guy. <laughs> come to my show, you know. Smashing pumpkins, remember? Smashing pumpkins. I can't play in the band anymore. I use the name. <laughs> I have a poetry reading tonight. Ugh. Okay. Jesus Christ. Um, I'm a fascist we- now. <laughs> Phil <laughs> Gorgon, great guy. <laughs> oh shit! Uh, All right. Anyway, yeah. Are we gonna play this game? Or yes? Sorry, I don't know. Not really. <laughs> no, yeah. Milio and Urzidi, these skeletons are looking at you. I have now called them skeletons. <laughs> and the award goes to. <laughs> <laughs> Hard to open these envelopes. JD <laughs> for his performance in Skeletons. <laughs> How's it going? We're the Skeletons. We're gonna ditch your kill, disembowel your body. Don't know any. Anywho, they could have done. They could have uh, gotten a better writer, but the pun was just so good. Skeletons! Exclamation point. The musical. 